Shay Shay last week without me. You look like you missed me. Your brother's back, baby. Your brother's back. My man Paul Paul Firebombs in the house. I mean, he was in L.A. yesterday. He flew across the country. I love, I know the reason is the dedication to the show. Molly's in the house. I know how much y'all love Molly, but we gonna lie this morning. We gonna lie to the American public. Y'all are here because of me. What's up, Shay Shay? I miss uh, you, big boy. I miss you, my good, man. Good and Paul Firebombs, you know I got nothing but love for you. You good, Paul, because I know you've been flying on that. You good? We all good. We good. It's good. a new Great. day. The new year is here. But first take is still in the house. Holla at you, boys. <laughs> Whoa. What a game. Happy New Year, everybody. The championship game is set between Michigan and Washington. Shannon, S.A., and I will be there Monday broadcasting first take live from Houston. We can't wait for that. I'm sure Paul Feinbaum will be in the arena as well. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy New Year. Good morning. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year everyone. Happy New Year. All right, let's dive right in because we had some serious football this weekend. Uh, we'll flash back to the Rose Bowl yesterday where Michigan's Blake Corum scored on a 17-yard TD run in overtime before the Wolverines stopped Alabama and quarterback Jalen Milrow's fourth and goal attempt to end the game. It was quite the coaching matchup yesterday. Let's hear from them both. Harbaugh, you're up first. You know, it's almost been an unfair advantage. I mean, all the things that, that uh, you know, the, the team – has gone through. I mean, we don't care anymore. We don't care what people say. We don't care about uh, um, anything that comes up. We just know we're going to overcome it. I told him before the game, it's going to be about what we do. And when you look back at it, it's it's kind of about what we did and what we didn't do. Um, not taking anything away from Michigan. They played a great game. They got a good team. They're very well coached. But, you know, we could have done things a little better as well. And that's on me, on the coaches, it's not anybody else. All right, S.A., tell me this. Do you feel like Michigan won it or Bama lost it? Well, you know what? I'm going to say, listen, I don't want to take any credit away from Michigan because the Michigan, to me, showed they're the best team in the nation. Give them props. But that doesn't mean that Alabama didn't blow this. You did have the lead with about three minutes left in the game, okay? You had the lead, all right? You were up 20 to 13. Your defense holds. There is no overtime. And as a result, you don't end up losing this game. But that's not what transpired yesterday. There's a couple of things that we can look at. We can look at the fact that Milroy stepped, dropped back to pass. His first six drops, dropbacks, guys. He was sacked four times. They were mm -hmm. all over him. Now, I'm looking at this center, uh, you know, what is it? What was it? Uh, Seth McLaughlin? Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, the dude was, was, had been having problems all season long, snapping the football, and my God, did it show up yesterday. I mean, you could have scored on a scoring drive, but he dropped him back 14 yards with back-to-back -back bad snaps. And then had the audacity, the unmitigated goal, to be arguing with the quarterback about it. <laughs> when clearly it was you, okay? And that very last play of the game, obviously, it was an RPO, but nevertheless, the bottom line is it was a low snap yet again, again to Milroy, which obviously cost them. We can sit up there and lament the play itself, the play call itself. We can look at saving or whatever. But 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 in the end, Milroy, the, the bottom line is it was a really bad snap yet again. There's a plethora of things we can point to. Neither team was strong offensively on third down conversions. We get all of that. But I'm just looking at it from this perspective. I'm listening to Dan, Dan Orlovsky. I'm listening to Paul Feinbaum on Get Up Earlier, Shannon. And they're talking about how Nick Saban was out coached. Fair enough, fine, because obviously Harbaugh showed up. But in the end, I'm looking at it and saying the man had a lead. 
Yeah. He had a lead. Yeah. With, I mean, it wasn't like they were losing. He had the lead, had the lead. With, three, with three minutes left, and somehow, some way, they blew this game. So I'm going to look at it from that perspective, not taking anything away from Michigan. Michigan showed me something. They are a special team, no doubt about it, but it was Alabama's game to lose, to, to win, rather, and they lost it. Well, they were very they were very much outcoached yesterday. I don't know why you keep playing all this man coverage, and you look at Michigan, all they're doing is running crossing routes, yep. and guys are wide open. Stephen A., you mentioned it. Alabama had them fourth and two. You stop them here, you win the you, – you on to the national championship game. And you leave the flat right uncovered. Corum catches the ball. He runs down the field, picks up big yardage, and now they go on down the field and score. And you made it so easy for them. Two plays and then to the end zone in overtime. This was Alabama. I, I would have to say, and I think Coach Saban's like, he's very proud of this team. This was a young football team, but they were out coached yesterday. I didn't see the adjustments. Schematically, what you need to, what you need to make adjustments in doing because you seeing Michigan is running the exact same route. But give those guys credit. They stepped up on that last drive. Those two, uh, uh, the, 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 the catch that he made, it looked, Malachi looked like he was getting an interception. The guy jumps up, he catches it. Yep. And then they run the they run the flat route. They bring him from the backside. He's wide open again. How many times did we see that, Stephen A. and Paul, that Alabama failed to make adjustments when they needed to? And that's what Coach Saban is. Coach Saban is a very technical guy. Second half, he normally makes the adjustments. They didn't make the adjustments necessary in order for them to win the game. Yeah, they're, they're very young. Yeah, Milroe is his first year starting. And Stephen A., you mentioned it. He had 53 yards passing. Uh, 53 yards in the first half. Sack, got sacked five times. That's the most sacks in the half by any Alabama quarterback. And we know how long Coach Alabama, uh, Coach uh, Saban has been at Alabama. But I want to give Michigan credit because they did a great job early on in this ball game, confusing Alabama and getting pressure on the quarterback. I don't want to take anything away from Michigan. Michigan did do what they needed to do to win. Coach Saban needed to do a better job schematically, and he didn't make any adjustments, or at least not soon enough. You're both right to a point. Uh, Stephen A., Alabama was lucky to be in the game at halftime. Uh, the, I mean, I Michigan was making mistakes from the opening series when, when they threw an interception and they got it back and then they threw it away again on a muff punt. They had a couple of those. But, but, and, you're, and you're also right about the Alabama center. I mean, that's in, inexcusable. But, but ultimately, Jim Harbaugh made the fourth quarter adjustments. They won the fourth quarter in the overtime. And I, I, I agree with Shannon. I, I think Nick Saban was outcoached. Now, that's hard to say when we're talking about somebody as great as Nick Saban uh, because you, you can pick and choose anywhere you want. But ultimately, this was a defining moment for Jim Harbaugh. As many flaws as they had, I, I thought up front they were dominating. Uh, Milroy was just all over the place. This was not the same guy we saw uh, lead Alabama to a stunning win over Georgia four weeks ago, but this is the Alabama team, Stephen A., that we talked about after the Texas game. I'll never forget. You said, I don't like this team, and you were right. There was a lot not to like. They got better because the offensive line got better. Tommy Reese, the, the coordinator who came over from Notre Dame, who really did, wanted to jettison Milroy after Milroy, excuse me, after the, uh, the second week of the season, finally started dialing up some winning winning shots but but they were up against a better team yesterday and I think we, we when we when we talk about Alabama we always think they're the best team they weren't the best team they were uh, they're a good team they're but they were an overachieving team and I think it mm -hmm. finally caught up to them when they ran into the bully yesterday yeah but what, what I'm saying fellas is this I, I, listen you're not wrong Paul but 
They had the lead. Yeah. I'm like, they had the lead. And, and they had yeah, the lead in the first half. They had the lead with three minutes left mm-hmm. in the game, despite all the things that we're talking about. Think about this. If you tell me going into the game, your offensive line is going to get pumped straight up because they're just more physical. They're going to bum rush you. There's little to nothing that you're going to do about it. We're going to sack your quarterback four times in his first six dropbacks for crying out loud. I couldn't even recall a reception by a receiver in the first half. And I didn't blame Bill Milroy at all because my attitude was he had no protection. Protection. Mm-hmm. You wasn't protecting him whatsoever. So if you're not protecting him, he can't get the he can't have, he doesn't even have enough time to look for a receiver. You couple that with the fact that your center can't snap the damn ball to save his life. And oh, by the <laughs> way, we're able to look at that from the second game of the season, Shannon. Second game of the season. Remember, Tommy needs your offensive coordinator. He elects it. We got to go in a different direction after the Texas game because Moreau was so awful. Well, guess what? You never really fixed your offensive line. No. So if we want to point to Nick Saban and what have you, let's think about it this way. We I never thought the day would come because when I think about Alabama, I think about meat and potatoes. Yep. I mean, you can appreciate that, Shannon, yep. as big as you are. I mean, I'm talking about Both. meat and potato brothers right there. You put the hogs in front of you. I, I could not believe that a defensive line was so dominant against a, a, Alabama's offensive line. But when you're able to go back to the second game of the season and you're able to look at the amount of sacks, they're giving 35 sacks this year. It's the most, it, I, I don't know how many decades, decades that Alabama has given up so many sacks. All of these things you're pointing to, they still had to leave right. with three minutes left. Right. This is the first. I mean, this it, it doesn't happen very often. But normally when Alabama loses, they get dominated on both sides of the ball, offensive line and defensive line. And you look at Michigan, Michigan really, really whipped them when they needed to. See, I, I think the mark of a, a, a great offense or a great defense, can you get done what you need to get done when you have to have it? You look at Michigan when they needed it, they were down. You mentioned, Stephen, they were down with uh, seven with three minutes to go in the ball game. They dialed that big, hey, them offensive linemen came out there and said, let's go. You watching, they said, let's go. They run the ball. They run the ball. They protect J.J. McCarthy. And when they had to have it, Jim Harbaugh says, I need a stop. We get a stop, we're going to Houston. And they shut it down. That was a terrible – I don't know. Look, come on now. Of all the plays, you call the timeout, and that's the play you dial up? They hit it. Look, first of all, with a a mobile quarterback, I'm not going to let you have time to make a decision like he had time against uh, Auburn and he made that throw. That's right. I'm going to put pressure on you right now. I'm hitting it. You know they're going to bring pressure. And they brought the pressure. They pushed the offensive line back. And and Milrow really never had a chance to get it going. But there there are some things that Milrow needs to work on. You need to know when they come with that slot blitz, they're bringing the safety. The corner's one-on-one. You got to abort the fake. When you fake it, the corner's going to come because he sees the wide receiver pull up outside. That's certain certain things you're just going to have to know. From trial and error, I get it. This is his first year starting, uh, yep. uh, Paul. But there, are, those are some of the things that he's just going. It's going to have to be second nature. Mm-hmm. The coach can't tell you everything that you need to do. It's just court, it's quarterbacking, and you just play the game. Give Michigan credit. Michigan was really good when they had to be great, and that's what they were. Paul, I want to get in here quickly. And, and even asked, then, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, and by the way, and even then, Michigan tried to blow it at the end with that muff punt. I mean, well, that, yeah, that would have been right. one of the more shocking endings of all time. That's yes. right. Yeah. Paul, outside of last night, from a macro perspective, considering this team, though, some have said this was Saban's best coaching job, even getting the team here. Where are you on that? Well, it, it, was, uh, it, it was his best coaching job, but 
you can't make that declaration until the final game. And I think last night really takes away from that uh, because that was not vintage Nick Saban. So True. it was certainly inspirational to watch uh, because we all uh, – Alabama fans were, were grabbing me out in California saying, you know, you gave up on this team. You, you said it was over. Everybody said it was over. Come on. <laughs> I mean, we all declared – it did because we had justification. We, we watched Alabama get bullied at home by Texas and then nearly blow a game against South Florida. They didn't know what they were doing, uh, and then they, they made this great comeback. But it, it, it was always this feeling, Stephen A. and Shannon, that something wasn't right. And, and because they, they had so many, I mean, when, when their best player at times was Caleb Downs, a freshman, I mean, you started to go, wow. I mean, the, the, the talent is all over the place. But they, they, they were able, I mean, the Georgia game is an enigma. Uh, I mean, that's on yeah. Kirby Smart because we, we know Georgia is one of the two or three best teams in the country, and they may be the best, but they're never going to be able to prove it. It doesn't matter. Uh, but but Alabama w was fortunate to get in there, and they were able to, to nuance their way to, to, to the showdown against Kirby, and that was Nick versus Kirby, and Nick won again like he does just about every time but that one time. Uh, so so I think that's really the defining moment, uh, and, and I, don't, I don't think the Alabama players – respected the Big Ten. And by the way, with justification, we watched Penn State get rolled over by Ole Miss. We watched Missouri beat Ohio State. I mean, it was embarrassing to watch. So they're in the mindset, and that's what happens in the South with the SEC, that players just tend to they quit listening to the coach. They go, we're better than those guys. And, and, and the, the interesting thing being out there all week, guys, the Michigan players didn't care. Uh, they, they, I don't think they – I mean, they, they said all the right things about Alabama, but right. there was a confidence about them, Shannon, right. that you, you've, you've seen and you've, you've displayed before. Well, well I, I'm going to give this to you real quick, Shannon, but I'm going to say this, okay? I, I, I'm not going to – you know you know better than me, Paul, whether or not this was Nick Saban's best job, considering the lack of expectations because you know you, you had question marks at the quarterback spot. Remember, I give him a lot of credit because, remember, the second game of the season, like I, I was lost. I'm like, ah, I, I, yeah. I'm not feeling this team at all. And then to see him develop and come out yeah. – listen, and the brother can run with the football. Yeah. And, and I'm wondering, and Shannon, you can explain this to me, whether or not you just, you just throw a bunch of – just so you know they can't go zero blitz on you. You know what? Just put some folks out wide mm -hmm. and threaten. Make make them honor the passing game so you can right. run as opposed to stacking the deck, knowing they stack the line of script. I don't understand that at all. I don't get it. But in the end, I'm going to say this. You beat Georgia for the SEC championship. Mm -hmm. It was an undefeated Georgia team yeah. who was the reigning defending two-time national champions. And their coach is somebody who coached for you and, oh, by the way, beat you a couple of years ago for the national championship. So I look at it from that perspective, and I'm not going to sit up here and say, well, we knew that, you know, uh, uh, Alabama just overachieved. Wait a minute. They did, but in the same breath. Once you knocked off Georgia, I certainly expected them to put forth a better showing in terms of their offensive line against Michigan. Here's the thing. When I, I look at Milro a lot like Blake Sims, there's a ceiling, Paul, that you're going to get with him. And unless you have extraordinary talent around him, right. which they don't have for the very first time, right. they're not loaded right. like Alabama is normally loaded, True. especially at the skill position, especially the offensive and the defensive line. This is one of the – this is not what uh, – uh, it might be one of his best coaching jobs given what he has. How many first-rounders do you think they have on that team this year, Paul? Not like they normally have. And so when you look no, at Blake no, Sims, I mean, when I mean, they most – go ahead, Paul. Yeah, but when yeah, I look – they got when two I, or three, but, but not like last year. 
Mm-mm. And when I look, and when I look at Milrow, and he he got another year to get better and improve and improve improve. But I just thought there were a ceiling that they have with him, given the talent that they got around him and his ability. His, he's young. He can only he's only going to take you so far. And with a talent devoid of the talent that Alabama normally has. This was as far as they were supposed to go. Here's the thing that I will say to both of y'all, because I don't know college football the way Paul does, and I don't know football the way that you do, but I know this much. I've been on this show for 12 years. Yeah. I've been a journalist for 30. I ain't never had to talk about no damn center. Ever. (laughs) Ever. I mean, we're sitting here on national television, and the fact that Seth McLaughlin, that we even know your name, is a problem. Because I have never had to look at it. I, 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 I've never seen a game right. where there was a multitude of bad snaps yeah. from the first quarter mm-hmm. to the fourth. Paul, am I lying? No. I've never seen it where there, from no, the first right. quarter to the fourth <laughs> quarter, we're talking about a center. Stephen A., Jeff Saturday might have something to say about that. He'll be here. Yeah, 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 I'm sure he would. But if you look at Alabama, right, right. The, the meat and potatoes, are, are all those first round and high draft picks on the offensive line, right. all those high draft picks on the defensive line, right. they don't have that right now, Stephen A. And they better get it. And they don't have a quarterback that can play above that right. like we've seen in the past. We saw uh, right. uh, Bryce Young. We've right. seen uh, uh, the guy in New England. I forget it off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, we've yeah, seen yeah, Tua. Mac Jones. You're right about that. I will say this, though. I mean, again, looking at it, they got to get the meat and potatoes brothers right there. I mean, you got – but give me, I will give Michigan credit for this. He wasn't just snapping the ball badly and that was it. Right. He looked nervous yeah. because Michigan was coming. coming. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That, that pressure affected him. Yeah. That, yeah. that was yeah. obvious. Yeah. And guess what? They'll be coming again on Monday, guys. So let's get into it. So Washington obviously advancing to the CFP title game behind quarterback Michael Penix Jr.'s big game. Penix threw for 430 yards, two TDs, as the number two Huskies held up number three Texas 37-31 to in the Sugar Bowl. Here's the man of the hour, Michael. You know, I said it before the season started. You know, our goal was to win a uh, national championship. And now we got the opportunity, we got the shot to do it. So, man, Husky Nation, stand up, man. We going to the natty, man. Let's go. Sure are. And according to ESPN Bet, Michigan is a four-and-a-half-point favorite over Washington in the title game. Neither team has won a national title this century. Michigan's last national title was in 97 and Washington's 33 years ago in 91. And again, first take will be live from H-Town on Monday. We're looking forward to seeing everybody out there. Paul, do you believe Washington can upset Michigan? I do not. And I'll add that I respect what they've done. Uh, another team that, that has been on a long journey, and I, I, I think it's eight or nine times this year, Molly, they have been to the abyss, and somehow they keep winning games, and that matters a great deal. But, but, but I, I'm – and I'll, we have a week to talk about it, obviously, but, but I, I don't really like the matchup. After watching – after being at field level yesterday at the Rose Bowl and, and seeing how dominating uh, Michigan can be, I think that causes problems with, with one caveat, though. Uh, Washington has the best offensive line in the country. That's right. So that's a fascinating matchup. Um, and it can't be dismissed, but I, I just uh, – maybe I'm too close to the sun on, on, on Michigan, but, but I just – I saw what they did to the best coach of all time. And, and Kalen DeBoer is a really good coach. He, very few people even know his name and, and know his background, but he's won z- a zillion championships at a different level. He really – and, and this is a good program, but, but I, I, think, I think Michigan is, is, is a team of destiny right now. Let me say this to you before I go to you, Shannon. 
I got Michigan winning the national title. Okay. But it wouldn't surprise me if Washington upset them. Let me be very, very clear. This receiving to Odunzo, Polk, McMillan, these brothers are no, no, uh, Penix is no joke. This brother can fling the football now. Yeah. And then on top of it all, you've got an offensive line that's considered arguably the best in the nation. We're talking about Texas. What were we talking about? Byron Murphy II, Devondre Sweet, uh, uh, Sweat. What did they do? 0. 0.5 tackles for loss, no sacks, no quarterback hurries, and nobody sniffed at Penix. What are we saying about Michigan after watching them against Alabama? It was the pressure that they applied very early, setting the tone and setting the stage. If somehow, some way, you're able to come out against Michigan and show that you can score on them, okay? And I know my Alabama went up seven to nothing, but the bottom line is if you're Washington and you could score on them early and you're not phased because they can't apply the pressure that they applied to Alabama, we got a different animal here. We're assuming Michigan is going to win it because the defense looked yeah. so real, so big time. We can't imagine, because I know Washington, I don't think Washington's going to be able to stop Michigan personally. Yeah. I think Michigan's going to be able to score on them. But I'm saying if you're Washington, if you're Washington and you can put up some points and somehow, some way you can turn this into some semblance of a shootout, all better off. All better off. I think the, 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 the question that I have is everybody's asking, can Washington front five, can they protect against Michigan? That's right. Because if you can hold up, he can throw the ball. Now he can flat out spin it. Penny Jr. can flat out throw the football. But that's my concern because we've seen in, in, in the NFL. High-flying passing attacks get shut down by defense. We saw the Patriots in 2007. We saw the Broncos against Seattle. What could they do? They could pressure the quarterback with their front four, not sacrifice the back end. And now if you can get the Penix, if they can take their front four, now Michigan loves to bring pressure. And we saw that yesterday. And I don't think Penix is as mobile as Milrow. So do you sacrifice a little bit and go one-on-one? -on -one? I don't think you do. I don't think you do. But I believe Michigan believe that they can get to him with their front four. Paul, you say this is the best offensive line in college football. Stephen A., you echoed that. We're about to find out. Because if they can't protect, they can't they beat got no Michigan. Chance. They if, got they, no chance. if they can't protect him, they cannot beat Michigan. If you can protect him, mm -hmm. he'll throw for 500 yards. And yeah. here's the deal. Running back, Remember, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, Paul. Dylan Johnson, that's his name. He re-aggravated his foot injury. He was carted off the field. Is he going to be yeah. available next week? Yeah. Even if he's going to be available, listen, I got all philosophy for basketball days watching Bill Walton. When you got bad feet, you got bad feet. Yeah. It's just that simple. I mean, I mean, the one thing that don't heal quickly is your feet. Right. Okay? If you got bad feet you got bad feet and because he re-aggravated oh. his foot injury I am concerned about that but again if you're Michigan you can apply the pressure you can win this if Paul, you can't it's a different animal Paul didn't Washington watch uh, uh, University of Miami lose a game take a knee you almost cost yourself a game the guy gets injured oh, yeah. it stops the clock now yeah. the clock doesn't start until you snap the ball, and then you're exacerbated by running, uh, 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 having an illegal touching of the, of the, of Good the point. returner. Good point. Bro, just take a knee. Have the quarterback yeah. say, hey, take, run around a little bit and then take a knee. As great as what we saw in the Rose Bowl, we would have spent the next 12 hours talking about the biggest choke job of all time yes. if viewers had been able to connect. Uh, I mean, and that's lost in the shuffle, and it doesn't matter. But but I've never seen a team self-destruct in that short of a time. I mean, it, it was epic. It, thank goodness they got through it. But but it was it was close to being the all-timer. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. 
One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine. Especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day, and you can use those miles on any travel purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. Your next trip is closer than you think with the Venture Card from Capital One. Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. College football's national championship is set. Number one, Michigan versus number two, Washington. And first take will be live in Houston Monday, January 8th. Come on down. Join Stephen A., Shannon, and I in person just outside of NRG Stadium near the championship tailgate. We'll see you there. Looking forward to it. All right, time for a quick take. Stephen A., your Knicks making money moves. Uh, New York acquired 3 and D specialist OG Anunoby and two other players from the Raptors in exchange for R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and a 2024 second-round pick. S.A., talk to me. You like I'm not trade? moved. I'm not uh, moved. What? I'm not moved. Let me say this. Let me say this, Shay Shay. The Knicks are better. They're certainly better defensively. And Anobi doesn't require the ball the way R.J. Barrett does. He's a better three-point shooter and catches shoot threes. Not only that, he's shooting like 44% from threes from the corner. So he doesn't need the ball as much, which frees the ball up for Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. I'm not sure about Julius Randle come playoff time. And, and you know, when he's, at, when, he, when he's that formidable option. I needed a third guy. You've improved defensively. I don't have any problem with Barrett being gone. I get it. I don't think he worked in that particular situation, even though I'm hopeful for his future in the NBA. Emmanuel, quickly, I did not want to lose. Right. I did not want to lose this kid. Yeah. Okay, he is going to, he is special. Yeah. And he's the runner for sixth man of the year last season. The brother can ball. Yeah. And not having him there, to me, puts a lot more on Jalen Brunson. It gives... Thibodeau an excuse to go with like seven and just run you into the ground and have you fatigued come playoff time. I am, and it doesn't improve their chances as far as I'm concerned to beat Boston or Milwaukee because of their inability to score with those guys. Again, it doesn't make them worse. It makes them better defensively without question. But it's not what I think was needed most. I don't want to hear about DeJounte Murray. All right, go out and get Donovan Mitchell. You got eight first-round picks available to you. Use a couple, damn it. Get him. Get somebody of that ilk, and I'll be far more excited than I am about this. But it doesn't make them worse, and I know that much. It doesn't put him in front of Boston, Milwaukee, There you go. Philly. There you go. Exactly, <laughs> and that's my point. That's my point. All right. 
Uh, we'll keep it moving here, guys. The Cowboys picked up a huge win over the Lions Saturday night, but it didn't come without controversy. So after Jared Goff uh, found Amara St. Brown to bring the score within one, the officials penalized Detroit on their first attempt for a two-point conversion when Goff completed a pass to lineman Taylor Decker. Now, the officials claim Decker was ruled to be an ineligible receiver, but replay showed that the lineman spoke with one official prior to the ball being snapped. The Lions would go on to fail the two-point conversion and ultimately come up short as they lost 20-19. to 19. We, were there, man. we were there, We were there, man. We were there to win. Um, we had plays to make. We didn't make them. So we will use this as fuel. I got pure octane right now. I woke up. I'm ready. I've got controlled fury. And uh, I'm ready to go. I am, I'm absolutely ready to go. We're on a mission. All right. So as you just heard, Dan Campbell saying yesterday's team's moving on. So there's four division titles on the line in week 18. Two of those are in the NFC. As of right now, the Cowboys hold the top spot in the East. That leaves the Eagles with the wild card spot after losing four of their last five games. So the Cowboys currently... First in the NFC East. Hi, Dan. What's up? Uh, and they just need to beat the Commanders this weekend to win the division. So, Stephen A., tell me this. Is there a first place standing due to good play or good luck? Oh, please. Luck. Lucky asses. <laughs> Make me sad. I mean, highway robbery. I mean, you got to be kidding me, man. I mean, I can't believe you give up a touchdown, all right? And they call about, oh, you know, you, he, he was ineligible. He didn't notify the officials. Where the camera clearly shows them notifying the officials. It definitely was luck. And it's a combination of that along with their weak schedule, beating a bunch of last-place teams for most of the season, <laughs> along with the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles somehow have nosedived, which Shannon Sharp has been warning America about for the last two months. I mean, who, who would have thought that the Philadelphia Eagles, who started off the season 10-1, and one, would lose four of their last five games? Who saw that coming? Who would have seen the Eagles losing a 21-6 to lead and ultimately falling to the Arizona Cardinals, for crying out loud? I almost felt like, damn, uh, 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 you, know, uh, you know, the, the Coach was trying to get one of his former, uh, uh, his former assistant coaches a, uh, a, a better, you know, give him a victory for crying out loud. I mean, I'm just disgusted with what happened. Dallas with their lucky selves and what have you. But, I mean, it was appropriate because Jimmy Johnson was inducted into the yeah. ring of honor finally. Yeah. And maybe that's something that's going to contribute to this curse being lifted oh, where they'll finally karma, get to a you conference. Think it might good be a, karma. A karma thing? It's the first time I wow. felt that the Dallas Cowboys got good karma coming their way in the last 28 years. I mean, that's just how I feel about it. Lucky them. But luck is definitely a significant part of the equation. I don't want to hear what anybody says. Their schedule, the teams they beat, and then this call when you lose the game and it's given to you, mm -hmm. and now you end the season with a gimme, which is the Washington, not the not the Commodores with Lionel Richie, not the Commodores, mm -hmm. the Washington Commanders. That's how you end your season. I mean, my Lord, how, how lucky can you be? Please. Uh, you know what? I'm going to look at it. I'm going to say it's good play. Because, Stephen A., if you look at it, they got 11 victories. And let's just say we take that one away. Okay. Now, if you want to say that it probably helped aided them in winning the division, because I agree with you, I do believe they're going to beat the Washington Commanders. But if you look at what they did defensively, when they take the ball away, they win ball games. You look at what the, uh, uh, the Lions normally do. They normally average 27 and a half points. They got 19. They know, and, and Jerry Goff reverted back a little bit to Jerry Goff, and he turned the ball over. And the one thing that you can't do against the Cowboys on the road in their building is turn the ball over. C.D. Lamb, 
seven targets uh, the first uh, through week six. They were four and two. He was averaging seven targets, catching about five and a half of them. <laughs> Over the last seven weeks, now, I mean, last 10 weeks, he's averaging almost 13 targets, catching almost nine of them. They're seven and three, and he had 227 uh, on Saturday night. This is, this is good play, but the Cowboys are predicated when their defense takes the ball away, get after the opposing team's quarterback, they normally win ball games. So I'm, this game notwithstanding, because what, the, what Detroit tried to do, if you notice, Decker did go to the official, but you see 70 come running into the screen. He's trying to confuse the Dallas Cowboys. He ended up confusing Brad Allen, who was the referee, because Brad Allen didn't hear number 70. He had already turned to walk away because he had already got the, uh, a 68 was reporting. And if you watch this, they play it out through the entirety. Here come number 70, come running in. He tried to confuse it. You see, he already gone. Mm. And you end up trying to confuse the Cowboys because you got to make it. 68 is reporting as eligible. They normally announce that. So they're trying to confuse the, the, uh, the Cowboys and end up confusing the official. So I'm going to say it's good play that got him in this uh, position. I don't know what's more ridiculous, Shannon, respectfully. You <laughs> trying to pin this on the cow or the, the Lions trying to do too much or – Stephen A., you took, like, forever off, and now you're in L.A. I'm in studio with Molly, and these, <laughs> like, these, these are the, I don't. Explain to America what happened. So these are the shoes that these, Stephen I got A. The show. got I walked into the my, I walked into my office today, so Stephen A.'s assistant must have left them in my office. What is this? She did. And he got the shoes. First of all, so he made good on his word. Stephen A., thank you very much. Congrats <laughs> again to UConn. We're going to win it again this year. How come and there's he got no the brand shoes. on it? They're, They're just... Atico. The oh. brands aren't on there. You, you, you don't need to know. The last the brand. Th- you don't know cheap. anything about brands. It ain't cheap. Exactly. You're the last person that, to talk it, about brands. Ain't that something? Ain't yeah. Him of all people. Why, are you, you really sniffing the shoe? Just I just got the shoe and I typed on. Don't be weird. I don't about you, Dan. I got to keep an eye on you. You know, he might have a foot fetish. Yeah, he might have a foot fetish. might be one of those. Dan might be one of those. That's right. What are you saying? D.O. D.O. It's a nice black patent leather pump. These are like the lazy heels. Okay, would you give me my shoe back? Dio, um, let me ask D- you this. That's what Stephen she A, wanted, thank Dio. you very much. I, I love Dio. them, so thank you yes, very much. You yes, said it was outlandish. Why, why would you have three offensive linemen going to report I to the referee that. if you're right. not trying to confuse the Cowboys? Normally, Shit. one guy shows up to the ref, I'm reporting as eligible. So why would three offensive linemen need to go to the officials? What would you think they were trying to do? Trying to confuse the Dallas Cowboys. That's what I said. But it's not a problem if the head coach takes a paper and pen, draws up what is going to happen to the official pregame, makes it very clear of what they are going to do in every detail possible, gives it to the ref before the game and says, in this situation, this is what we are going to do. So you and only you know, and we're going to sit here and say, well, you shouldn't have done that. That's that's outrageous to say. They're adult men. I'm not arguing with you. I'm saying he forgot it's the same situation that Matt LaFleur did with the, uh, the Green Bay and Carolina. He told the officials, we want the ball if we win. Carolina won the toss, and, and Jair Alexander deferred. So he was going to give Carolina the ball to start the game and to start the second half. But Matt LaFleur had already told him, if we win, we want the ball. Right. If they let's, win, just not pin that, let's just not pin that on the lines, though. Let's, let's pin that on awful officiating in that moment. Yes, now I'm to the question. 
We, we do have to – there is some luck involved, but this is good play by the Dallas Cowboys. We have to give them credit. If you actually go a little bit early in the game, I'll be fair to Cowboys fans. Again, the call is absolutely horrific. They call a tripping penalty on, I, I think, Hendershot. That's an awful yeah, call as well. Yeah. Now, those are subjective calls. Like, the official thinks he sees something just like a holding penalty or a PI. There is no subjectivity call-wise when it comes to the two-point conversion. So, the, the Cowboys aren't necessarily in that situation if not for that bad call. You do have to give them credit good play-wise because, one, the pick late in the game that Shannon intimated to takes more time off the clock and gives them that cushion. So it's a great interception. They were outstanding on third and short defensively. Demarcus Lawrence was maybe the best player on the field for most of those situations against an offense that wants to get into third and short, and then by play design and execution-wise, essentially seals and or wins games. So as much as like I, I get that play call and there's luck involved in it, there's luck that the, the Eagles fold at home, you have to give some credit to Dallas that finding a way to win play-wise at well, home on a weekend where the game matters a ton. I don't have to do that. I don't have to do that. Do. I, don't have to, I don't have to do that this week. This week. Here's the deal. I can look at your season, right? I can look at the, the teams mired in last place that you were beating up on, right? I can look at a loss to San Francisco. I can look at a loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. I can look at back-to-back losses to Buffalo and Miami. And then I'm looking at you going against Detroit on your home turf, okay? Right. You lose. You lose. The likelihood is that you're not going to win the NFC East crown, right. okay? And then, on t- and, then, and then you lose by they, – they throw Steven a touchdown. If they win, they're going to be the two seed. I'm just – listen, all I'm saying to you is this. I'm looking at their strength of schedule. you got to beat the teams that's in front of you. I get that part. I understand that. But in a game that matters, with the the Lions having the NFC North locked up, with them trying to secure a number two seed themselves, okay, with them going on the road against the Cowboys and scoring a a touchdown and then a two-point conversion, they convert, and the officials mess it up. Right. I'm sorry. I'm going to think luck. The only way when that I their season could be better the if they win like this weekend would be the one seed. They're going to be the two seed if they Man, beat what did Washington. I just say? Why you, you know what? Why are you acting like I studied? Why are you acting like I, I – some, are you confused? I specifically said there are a bunch of last-place teams they were, beating, they, were getting beat, they were beating up on. When they went against quality teams, they They're lost. They were, riding a, they were riding – I didn't say they weren't. It's about more luck than good, right? That doesn't mean they're not good. I just said they're more lucky right now because when you're sitting up there and you, 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 you get a two-point conversion call against you and then that gets called back and you're securing that bag and then the Philadelphia Eagles stink up the over the last five weeks, the way that they have. And then you close out the game against the Commodores, I mean the Commanders, I mean the Commodores, I mean the Commanders, okay? You're lucky. That's all I'm trying to say. A lot of luck going to Dallas Cowboys this way right now. A- Good for them. ADO. Dan yes, Campbell could have kicked that field goal early in the game that's instead right. of going for it on fourth down. That's true. Detroit Detroit doesn't win. The, that's not who they are. They don't win the division. Well, then with, who are they with that third place? See, now you're going to have to go on the road. That's who they are. Well, well how about Detroit this needs here? a break. That's what I know. Hey, Detroit they how needs about a this? break. The Lions. Can, the, can, can, can teams, you know the Cowboys' defensive line is undersized. They're yes, looking sir. to cross your face. How many times are you going to let D-Law? How many times are you going to let uh, 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 Armstrong cross your face and get the guy in the back for you. You know they're looking to make everything bounce because they're a speed team, they're yeah. undersized, right. and they're looking to make it bounce. That's so if right. you keep letting them cross your face, you don't get, keep getting you, tackle losses. Listen, I was on the 2014 Lions team that went down to Dallas in the playoffs and had the miraculous flag Pick picked up, the flag, up in yeah. Jerry's world. 
And it yeah. just so happened to the Detroit Lions organization again Saturday night. Yeah. yeah. I can't say I disagree with the deal. Yeah. It's unfair. <laughs> Cowboys 3-5 and five on the road this season, by the way. 8-0 at home. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score beatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. Good day. Welcome back to First Take. Coming to you live from the seaport brought to you by Chase. Thanks for being with us. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, let's take a look at the AFC. The Ravens have the one seed locked up as they head into their Week 18 matchup against AFC North rival Pittsburgh. The Steelers still holding on, playing for a playoff spot. And so far, Coach John Harbaugh says he's unsure of MVP favorite Lamar Jackson and the other starters will play in that one. So as I mentioned, the Ravens lead the charge with an NFL best 13-3 record heading into Week 18. But the AFC has four other teams with at least 10 wins or better. That'd be the Dolphins, the Browns, the Chiefs, and the Bills. In fact, two of those teams are riding four-game win streaks, the Browns and the Bills. Jeff Saturday joining the party. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's great to have you here. Glad to be Happy New Year, big boy. We got, we got them out in uh, L.A. L.A. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stephen A., you went to the Rose Bowl, right? Obviously. Yes, I was. I was there. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. I figured that's why you stayed out there. Just, All right. By uh, the way, Shannon. can I say something for a quick second? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciate I really, really do. I don't want to throw no shade or nothing. I really, really appreciate the history of the Rose Bowl, right. Pasadena. 
But that damn traffic is a nightmare. Oh, man. I mean, they, they, they need – Molly, Jeff. They, I know, they, you know, they, I saw Beyonce there. Listen, listen, I like listen, the nostalgia listen, And by the way, we modify, we grow all the time. How yeah. about having the, the, the Rose Bowl at SoFi? How about that? How about that? Well, it won't be the Rose Bowl. It won't be the Rose Bowl. Throw a few roses there. Throw a few roses there. I mean, listen, there's a whole bunch of things in life that are historical, that are historical okay? But that damn traffic in oh, Pasadena, I mean, come on, y'all. Yeah, bro. I mean, they, they, the SoFi Stadium, I mean, let's get this with the time. Hey, you got to get a hey, chopper, Stephen A. Stephen A. What's well, up? Jerry, Jerry didn't send you the, the chopper to get you straight you know up out of it. You know what? You know what? You know what? I damn near called to ask him. I damn near called to ask him. I need a helicopter ride there. Let's roll, y'all. Probably What's say yes. He, he had a very yeah. lucky weekend. We'll leave it at that. Yes, he did. Uh, uh, Shannon, we'll start with you. Which team is the biggest threat to the Ravens in the AFC? Because right now they look like world beaters. I think I might want to change my pick. Oh, really? Okay. I had I had Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what Buffalo am I going to get? Because we know Josh Allen's a mistake prone. We know Tua are mistake prone. Okay. And those are the two teams that's by, you know, one of them's going to win the division. Lamar Jackson in three losses has thrown three interceptions, one touchdown pass. In his 13 wins, he's thrown four interceptions and 23 touchdown passes. Okay. The team that I think, Mm -hmm. with the way they're playing currently, I'm going to shock you. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland Browns is right. the team I feel with the way Joe Flacco right. is playing right. and the way that defense can get after the opposing right. team's quarterback mm-hmm. because the Ravens are first in takeaways, first in mm-hmm. sack, first in points allowed. The Bills are second in takeaways, third in sacks allowed, fourth mm-hmm. in points allowed. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, Josh Allen, he just tries to be Superman all the time. And sometimes it's okay to be Clark Kent. You can just have your glasses on, your nice top coat, and your hat uh, uh, Saturday and just go about your day. Right. But he wants to jump into that phone booth and put that cape on mm-hmm. far too much and when he doesn't really need to. So right now, the way they've been playing over the last month, mm-hmm. I think the Cleveland Browns. Here's the deal, Shannon Shop. I mean, first of all, I want you, I don't want you to be <laughs> contaminated by the Jeff Saturday syndrome, okay? <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to fight it. All you have to do is say, I agree with my band Stephen A. Because you know that's exactly where I was going with that. I'm going to Cleveland Browns. I'm going to Cleveland Browns. And, and let me tell you something. It was exactly why. Because when you look at Josh Allen, again, I think he's great. But we all know that he's prone to make errors because he might engage in hero ball, yeah. even though we haven't seen much of that this year. But that defense in Cleveland and their ability not only to get after everybody, the, but the effect they have directly on Lamar Jackson, considering what we what level of greatness we've been seeing mm-hmm. from Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, when I think about that roadblock, that roadblock, this is the only team that comes to mind. I'm done with Miami. I'm done with Miami. I, I, I've had it with them. I've, I've had it with them. I don't believe in them at all. Okay? Buffalo, iffy. Cleveland, if Flacco throws the ball like that, oh, oh my God. And then you got Amari Cooper and Joku. And let's not forget Flacco. Who, how many people are as familiar with John Harbaugh? As Joe Flacco, who won a Super Bowl yep. for the man. Yep. That's where I'm going with as well, Shannon. It's Cleveland. Listen, I, I like it. I, I, was, I was going to Cleveland the whole time. I, I like it. I'm going to give you another one, though, because we talked about Buffalo a little bit, talked about the Browns right. a little bit. How about this? they got to get in, but the Steelers. And here's okay. why. I would tell you, and I like both the Browns and the Steelers. Now, I like, I'll put the Bills over the Steelers, but I'm going to say this. When you're in a division with a team – Mm-hmm. You know them almost as well as you know your own team 
because you see them so often, there are very few tricks still left in the bag. You understand where the explosive plays are coming from. You understand how you have to play Lamar Jackson if you're on defense, or you know how you get to play you know, you know, the, 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 the run style or the, or the blitzing style that, that Baltimore wants to give you. And I think when you, when you talk about teams that are familiar with the Ravens, that gives you the best chance. And that's just facts of playing football because familiarity gives you some level of confidence, whereas when you're the Dolphins or even the 49ers the week before, you walk out and, and Purdy throws two interceptions, all of a sudden your head's spinning. You're like, how do we get back in this game? Very, very rarely in an, with a division opponent is there a blowout, and it's for very good reason because you're familiar with the opponent. I've, you know what? I, I, I've, I've, I've improved my health. I've been, I'm eating better. I'm taking care of myself, whatever. But the one thing that has made me sick is the Steelers. Yeah. You yeah. can't score all season long. The season's over in everybody's eyes. All, all right? And then the last two weeks with Mason Rudolph as your quarterback, you're going to score 30 both games. Yeah. 30 and 34. Yeah. I mean, it's sickening. Oh, I'm, right. oh, I was so ticked off. But this is, this is what we have. But I'm not getting caught up with the Steelers. I'm not, getting, I'm not falling for that. Hey, you, I'm not falling I thought you was a fan. Oh, I am, you, but, oh, I'm not, I am, but I need a quarterback. Mason okay. Rudolph ain't the answer. I need a quarterback. S.A., I got to hit the top of the hour, and I want to make sure we have plenty of time to grade your A-list. Oh. 